Hi, and welcome to Phantasmal Farces Adventure Rides, where we delve into the world of entertainment and see if we can pull an adventure out of our arts. Our aim is to inspire and to show, so long as you look, almost anything can be a tabletop adventure. So don't be intimidated, and let's see what we can stitch together. I'm Alan, and I'm the forever GM McCastrix of a group of players in Wales. I love casting my fourth level arcane eye over stories and seeing how they translate into adventures. In this episode, we will be... Adventurizing Annihilation Annihilation is a film by Alex Garland, which IMDb describes as a biologist signs up for a dangerous secret expedition into a mysterious zone where the laws of nature don't apply. This area is called the Shimmer in the film, and the biologist in question is played by Natalie Portman, who joins a team of scientists entering the Shimmer. Uh, Her main uh, driver for joining the expedition is that her husband also went in the expedition and came back slightly different and she's looking for answers opinion like everyone say hello to rodri hello rodri oh no that is me hi hey hi hello hello so rod what was your opinion of annihilation without beating around the bush uh I can find many, many negatives to it. So I'll just cut straight to the chase. I didn't like it. Uh, it, it. There's lots of positives too. It was, you know, visually arresting. It was, you know, kudos goes to the, the cinematographer or the director of photography. Um, the color palette seemed to have had a high contrast. You know, it seemed to, to really be saturated in color. Um, yeah, it definitely, the... definitely looks, uh, I would... There's a definite planned aesthetic, I would say. Yeah. Whether um, whether you whether you like the way it looks or not, I think it's hard to deny that they achieved what they wanted. It was it was it was good. I mean, they, it didn't feel as though there was too much CGI pushing through. It seemed a, a very sort of natural effect, and maybe even a lot of it was. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, not CGI. Uh, yeah. And a lot of it seemed to have been practical effects as well, maybe. I don't know. Or the CJ was just that good. I didn't notice. But um, to give my overall opinion of the film, the aesthetic was good. But the, the film just it didn't hold my attention. I felt it was flimsy at best. It felt generic, boring. I, I wasn't, no, I wasn't overly keen. I'll do my best cause to try and pull something out of... Uh, of this to try and salvage an adventure because everything can obviously inspire you that's the whole point of this podcast but to actually <laughs> to actually enjoy that film would have required greater effort from my part i think yeah i don't i enjoyed it i did think it was good um but i, I when i say i enjoyed it i'd give it like a kind of solid seven out of ten i.e i enjoyed but i'm not wasn't overly enamored didn't think it was the greatest thing i'd seen um it was it was all right um all right leaning towards good for me um but one thing i did think was interesting is in the um production of the the film there were two producers who argued and one thought the film was too intellectual and wouldn't appeal to the masses um but the producer who wanted to keep the original version won out um and although i don't think that the mass appeal version would potentially have been any better um 
I'm guessing that probably would have been a bit more action orientated and there would be more things we could directly lift because yeah, I get what you say. There's not a lot of, uh, action, uh, not a lot of action kind of set pieces or, you know, there's no chase scenes, uh, or, you know, or anything like that. There's not even really fight scenes. You could argue there is one, I guess at the end, but, uh, yeah, it's... there was, there was the, the, the bear, um, and the crocodile or the crocodile shark. I think it was on the bear, belty bear. But yeah, I think that maybe if we had have got the lowbrow version, it would have had more uh, action. Yeah, I mean, the intellectual side of things, was it sort of, would you said that it was more to try and put the science through? Because I wasn't getting strong vibes of science. I wasn't getting strong vibes of sort of character um, studies. Everything seemed bland and one-dimensional. I mean, everything was just sort of throwaway. I mean, there was even the, the twist at the end was just sort of limp and, and flimsy and it just, yeah, it was just random stuff. I mean, the, like there was an affair scene. It was, there was, it just seemed it was un, uh, unnecessary, really. It didn't add to her character. You know, the fact that her husband's returned after a while, she may have thought he was dead. That That's enough. The fact that she had this affair once. I don't know. She didn't even seem that bad about it. She was staring out the window. She didn't cry. She wasn't angry. Yeah, from from what I have read about it, the director wanted it to be about how people are self-destructive and all the people who went into the Shimmer had a reason to uh, destroy themselves and Natalie Portman's affair was her reason to destroy herself. And also that was why Oscar Isaac went in because he found out about the affair and it's all... But like I said, that wasn't something I picked up from the film itself. That's something I've picked up from reading, trying to figure out. I felt like the film was trying to give me a message, but I didn't pick up what it was laying down. I and thought that... the affair came after uh, Oscar Isaac had went into the... Um, uh, uh, so, yeah, I was lost on that front. Yeah, that, that went completely over my head. Yeah, but... So... I guess we have quite a lot of strong opinions on this film and we could almost do a whole podcast what we thought of the film itself. But unless you've got anything anything else you wanna share, I'm I think we're we're done with we're done with opinions in the context of this. Yes, uh, otherwise this will be well, we won't do any other things. This will just be like a twenty part series about this one film. And maybe that'll come another time. But yeah, I mean I've given it some thought as to what I can do to actually find an adventure out of this and uh, took a lot. I'll be honest with you. Okay. So uh, let's not waste that uh, effort and move on to mechanize. Mechanize. Okay. So you said that you had to really pull hard for this to, to get the, to get an adventure out of it. So I guess if you want to start, cause I felt, I didn't feel I had to, uh, dig as deep uh, to get things out. I, in fact, perhaps didn't dig deep enough and arguably just scraped off a bit of veneer. But uh, yeah, if uh, it sounds like you had a, a struggle, so let's kind of talk through your process first because I think uh, mine is a lot less uh, taxing. I found it a lot less taxing than what you describe. So ultimately... I it all stems from the fact I didn't enjoy the film or maybe I didn't get it. 
maybe Alex Garland will turn around and say, you just don't understand it, man. But um, I just thought that the story was so thin and flimsy and the plot was lackluster at best. And there wasn't really a concept to sort of to, to, to thingy, you know, to, to latch on to. Um, again, we've already touched upon it. There was less action uh, scenes in there, really. And even those ones were quite simple uh, and bog standard. Would it be easy to do it like for like, scene for scene? Yeah, probably. You could beef up a crocodile or create a, a bear and, and add a bit of resistance to um, the necromantic energies and such, or poisons and whatnot, because it was like almost a zombie. Um, yeah, you could make it a, because obviously you had the lighthouse in the middle, you could make it a like it was in the film, you can make it a standard trek to the point, deal with the point, happy days. I mean, the the film itself felt like Heart of Darkness. So it was like Apocalypse Now, where a group of people go in, they encounter several difficulties along the way, and there was a fight to a certain extent at the end. Um, I guess that's part of Annihilation's appeal with it being more intellectual, that the fight wasn't particularly arresting or, or part of action theme because it just that's I guess not how real life works it was more you know grounded but for that sense yes it would have the the heart of darkness uh journey to it so when you say heart of darkness would that also include the you say the journey would that also include would there be anything you'd lean into on the like the mental journey because obviously heart of darkness apocalypse now it's kind of about uh, the deeper you go, the deeper they go into the jungle. It's also it's not just they go deeper into the jungle. They go deeper into having not seen Apocalypse Now. I know that's that's shocking for everyone, um, but as I understand it, it's also about the, the 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 madness that the guy kind of has as he uh, spent more time in the quote unquote heart of darkness. Yeah, so I think with this as an adventure, um, it wouldn't be to focus on fights, action set pieces, or combat. I would think that this game, this uh, Annihilation, would lead heavily to a game that really leaned into um, roleplay and narrative and character exploration. So it would need to be a, that the, the type of group who really want to give that a go or, or already adept at doing that, but they would really have to lean into it. You know, the sort of game where the DM sits back for three hours and people talk themselves. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, there's obviously the, the whole interaction and the reason that they were there is that they all had their own character flaws and reason for self-destruction. So, I mean, there's there's not really a way of combat that would allow you to do that. I mean, you've got tools for mental illness and maladies and things like that, such as insanity and, and different conditions that could be applied. Um, but yeah, this, this this story would really need to lean into the journey itself is secondary and is simply is, is the MacGuffin itself. The journey is the reason why there's characters interacting. So yeah, it would it would seriously need to be everyone sat down and just sort of trying to role play and and uh, and be and integrate their part, their character into the part. So would you say as well that that to a certain extent puts a lot of pressure? There'd be a lot more pressure on the players perhaps than the GM to make this work. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, because without 
without the players actually inhabiting it or really sort of studying their character and inhabiting that role, um, the whole idea of it all falls apart. If you don't have your self-destructive reason to go there, or that is quickly forgotten or is not explored, then you're just wandering through a jungle that's very, very pretty colours with zero effect on yourself or your soul or your mental um, faculties and winding, as as you saw in the film. So, yeah. Can it be adventurized directly? No, probably definitely not. But can it inspire um, character interaction uh, whereby the min- you know, you, you're keeping everything as a minimum fight to fight? Uh, sorry, you're keeping the 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 bare minimum of fights, but everything else then the bit in between is where the real sort of meat of the game comes from. Um, yes, yeah, so exploring aspects of psyche. I mean, even you don't have to be a psychologist. Nobody has to be Freud or Jung to try and play this game, but you just have to try and inhabit it. You know, if I was trying to be Natalie Portman's character, I'd, I'd had this moment of weakness. My husband has died and come back and is not the same person. And I want to go there and destroy it. And at the same time, I've got to keep pushing through all of these different barriers, people being hurt, my own guilt and self-doubt and everything else that's going a bit strange and weird and wonderful as we get in there to the very, you know, part of the darkness. Because also as well, a line that I thought was, I actually quite liked in the film, and I'm paraphrasing because I didn't put it in my notes, so I don't remember it exactly. Yeah, so Ventress, the psychiatrist, the leader, she uh, stopped, she, the others kind of want to head back or, you know, hang around. And she says, I don't yeah. want to because the person who leaves might not be the person who's entered. And I want to, I want to see it as the person I was when I entered. That, that's not the quote. That's quite long. And oh, I think it was pretty much that. She said, would you also somehow, and there are games that, that focus more on this kind of thing, a lot of powered by the apocalypse and um, more non-traditional games. Would you make it that there had somehow there has to be an effort that you'd follow that, where uh, where the character would have to arc in a way that they're different when they come out? Or would you, or is this another thing of, you would need players that would do that. You, you'd want players that would do that naturally rather than trying to enforce that. Um, ideally, you'd want players who would do that naturally. Um, to try and enforce it is, is, is basically handcuffing someone to a system that might just cause great them. So yeah, I, I would probably try and aim for a group of characters, something that would complement and maybe even assist and uh, motivate them uh, would be helpful. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't try and force okay. anyone to try and so take on board a, a system you, that basically you think this wasn't so much held can't really be an adventure as such, them. but it's it's almost like therapy through improv theater, or maybe not therapy, but that that's my fear yeah that that would be um that would be why it would need to be a group of people who were keen and already maybe did this or certainly adapted it um okay that's interesting because i yeah i didn't feel i needed to dig quite as deep um i did definitely find it it's one of the harder ones we've done um 
to make a nice concise adventure but there are a few key things that i thought definitely did lend it to one thing i really liked was i didn't need to think about how i was going to cut out the protagonist because it it's a film where it's a party of people entering a space so that was already okay um and i know that sounds really uh and it's not really a it's a positive but it's it's quite a faint positive to say like it was great for adventurizing because it already had a party in it but i did i did like that there's a common question in a lot of things of the how do you replace the protagonist with the players i i kind of liked the relief of not having to do that in this that you already had a party of players you just party of characters you just replace one party with another party you're not worrying about replacing one person with five you're replacing five with five though one thing i did think is that the film kind of stands on its own and linked to what you're saying is that the protagonists all had specific flaws or reasons to go in and that made the film the film and so i don't know whether you would want to recreate that with um the players because you could you could say that they have to have a uh, a reason for going in but yeah and that's where the 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 issue lies is that the film as you say because it relied on the characters replacing the characters as easy as it is in terms of the narrative space they occupy the fact that they are supporting the narrative means that replacing them does kind of cut out a good like 80% of the movie. So are you saying that the motivation behind it is also a key aspect of the uh, adventure? Yeah, I, th- I definitely think, especially Natalie Portman's characters, the fact she's um, trying to find out slash help um, her husband with what happened to him, uh, that's the driver. That is a key part of the film. And uh, there's obviously the idea that perhaps she's guilty for having the affair. So, and so that's another thing that drives her there. It's the, the motivation, particularly of her character, is a big part of the film. And so removing the motivations would cut out a lot of what I think made the film the film. But uh, I did, I did like, like I said, it's, it's kind of faint praise, but I like the fact that you add a party in the film so you don't really need to worry about where a party of characters will fit they can just nicely sit in the same space but you you then have the issue of do you push that uh are motivations important do you push that angle okay and i think you kind of alluded to in yours that pushing on the motivations and the flaws is the only way you could see recreating the the film for want of a better word we're not we're not we're not trying to recreate like one for one but we're trying to tra- tra- translate yeah. it yeah yeah the the an annihilation as a film wouldn't be the same adventure you were running unless it was uh, otherwise it would be something completely different yeah. it would become its own beast rather than a beast inspired by um so if you're moving away from more of a character what sort of set pieces what sort of areas would you want to see inside of your uh inside of your see this is where i'm saying i'm kind of scratching the veneer off i'm taking quite a shallow 
uh, interpretation. The idea of, as they called it in the film, the shimmer. Um, for anyone who's listening who hasn't seen the film, uh, but and doesn't want to see the film, but is interested, the shimmer is what they call uh, the area around a meteorite that landed uh, that has strange activity, and they've been sending teams into it and they haven't been coming back apart from natalie portman's husband which is what kicks off the plot basically that's what gets her to look into the shimmer and and go inside it i would the idea of an area of space that doesn't follow the usual rules of the world and in fact changes them quite fundamentally because obviously they find um a plant where it's got various different flowers all growing from the same root and as her character is a um biologist she explains that that's not actually possible that shouldn't be a thing so the idea that there's this area of the world that doesn't follow the rules i would take um and the idea that dna is being changed on the fly uh you could do a lot of fun things with mutations uh combine two monsters together uh i'd lean a bit more into that the fact that the sh this area is a place where the rules aren't followed and you can meet strange wonderful monsters the issue is is that in a game in a setting like dnd &D or pathfinder or uh starfinder even or um, Shadowrun, you're already in a world where you can find weird and wonderful stuff. So the issue would be is how do you make this area unique? You obviously could use a modern setting and therefore it's the real world, but this is weird. But I, I did like the idea of a place where, uh, like I said, just taking the kind of very basic idea of an area of the world where the rules don't apply. and when it comes to providing mutations and things like that there's 10 a penny you know you you can't move for that kind of content so you'll find someone uh drive through rpg in books um the example i immediately thought of um and i know lots of people don't like lamentations of the flame princess so uh if you don't then you don't need to take this recommendation but their um, esoteric creature generator um, is quite a good book, good example of a book that lets you randomly create weird combos of creatures that you wouldn't perhaps put together yourself. It also, as well, that's kind of part of what I thought is this definitely had a more um, old school OSR uh, first edition a D and D call of cthulhu feel because the dna writing uh affects the protagonists they get changed by their time in the shimmer and so i would be expecting the characters to mutate and change themselves and i think that that doesn't sit well with um kind of modern five finder methodology because i think the character the character sheet is kind of quite sacred as a a 
person who plays more do you, how would you feel if you were playing a game where the gm had some level of control over your character in the sense of he says right you know you wake up and your arm falls off and he told you to change stats accordingly how would that feel would that feel uh the gm walking into space he shouldn't be allowed um i suppose it would i mean it's all part of a game uh but at the same time I would be, under normal circumstances, I would try and find a remedy to that, how he place my arm. Um, but with regards to this, again, it would be how a reflection of how would you cope now with that happening? Yeah. What would that affect you as a person? Like, if that actually happened to me, I would freak out because that's not meant to happen. But then at the same time, if you are slowly but surely losing your faculties, um, I think he was likened to, I think someone said dementia, was it? They felt like they were they were of the early onsets of dementia. I think that was Ventress had mentioned that as well. Um, A lot of the more um, on-the-nose analogies to things like dementia um, or other um, kind of mental uh, problems, uh, they were all done by Ventress. She was the one who kind of... Was I think she was the one who was trying to get those themes across most directly. But so yeah, I mean, to my previous point, then obviously that I would freak out. But with the early onset of dementia or the, the similarities akin to such a thing, would it affect me? Would I, you know, would I be going that mad that it wouldn't matter? Uh, would I laugh at it wildly instead? So no, I wouldn't mind it from happening. I'd, I'd be pretty annoyed, but it would then also be, it would also lead into, again, where my game would come in and how I would react to it more than anything. Um, you mentioned uh, Fifth fifth Finder. I mean, you'd, you'd be leaning heavily. Obviously, you'd lose these different stats and whatnot, possibly even permanently. Um, but then you'd be looking at things like the conditions, the deafened, the frightened, possibly petrified, you know, to, to, again, show how limbs maybe are left or restrained and conscious levels of exhaustion. They seem to lack sleep quite a lot as well, or very running very, very low on sleep. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head to a certain extent there is that um, Fifth Finder uh, has a lot of uh, sitcom logic in the sense of you, whatever happens, a long rest and a greater restoration spell, and you, you're right as rain again. And I think that would trivialise the, the threat that the shimmer from the film uh, poses, because in the film it's, it's about rewriting DNA and stuff. But if you can just go to sleep for eight hours and, it's all, and any of the ill effects you've had are, are gone, it it's suddenly not so scary. So to to try to keep it as as a a scary concept, it can't be easy to undo its effects. Whether I would make it a hundred percent permanent, I I don't know. But it would definitely need to be more in the vein of uh, as dungeon crawl classics say: if you want it, quest for it. So there might not be a way to undo it by sleeping in a bed or casting a spell, but there may be a way to do it but it would require work on the players they would have to earn they would have to earn the status quo back 
would you then, as a GM, push for more of a, a Theseus's ship type theory as well? Then, if someone were to use this DNA um, uh, manipulation to their advantage to regrow this arm or have some sort of crocodile arm as as a replacement. Um, to what extent then would it be the original person? Like Jennifer Lee, Jason Lee had explained, would it be the same person that left the uh, uh, left the adventure at the end? And would you be pressing to try and, uh, if you were in the GM's chair, of course, would you be pressing to try and impress that upon them so that people leave with that question mark or have to explore it and let, leaves them scratching their heads rather than, Conclusion, high fives around everyone and they all go home happy. Yes, I would want it to be, I would want it to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Inscrutable, is that the right word? As in, yes, the more things that the players didn't understand, the better. So the mutation system, it wouldn't be something that I would want people to go like, ah, so that's how the mutations work. How can I break this? I would want it that they don't know how it works, so they they don't want to touch it, but they have to in order to move on. And to a certain extent, can find it unavoidable by simply being in the shimmer in the first place. Yes. So there's an element of volunteer, uh, voluntary taking on board, and then this sort of more uh, involuntary aspect. So you're, this is the opposite of me there, then, where the GM is now coming in and, and intervening quite heavily in certain aspects to push the narrative along. Yes, that is that's pretty much exactly what I'm saying. I can see now I think that's the benefit of you as the GM, the permanent GM McAstrix uh to us is that you you see that whereas I my perspective would be from the player side of things. That would certainly be far better. Because that again, like you say, inspires, motivates, pushes for the players and characters to have to explore things rather than have to just keep the dr- the, the drive and the choo-choo on the tracks themselves. Yeah. Another thing I thought you could lift directly after that was, that was probably my deepest dive, was they obviously find the videos and, uh, and the, the watch board, the board uh, explaining uh, who does the watch schedule. Um, the uh, The... Patrol road. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. So you could, that's something else you could leave is in the shimmer, there could be uh, abandoned places from the previous uh, occupants with various uh, information that may or may not be true. Um, but it could be a way to also kind of have that GM guiding hand. Um, you know, lots of things of, because uh, obviously I think a key part is the feeling of losing your mind. So mm. the information in one base that you find, would there would be lots of things where you can draw connections to, but I would intentionally put some of the conclu- some things where you draw contradictory conclusions. Would you, for example, mis- not so much mislead, but... Would it be at this point in time, so um, there was that scene in the, the army camp where, um, so there was that character, Thorinson, despite 
seeing the same video as the rest of us along with them just did not believe what she was seeing it was a trick of the light she was a, a paramedic she said and she you know it was a trick of the light it was impossible would you to simulate these things uh describe it to everyone but at this point in time be sliding notes over the table to individuals and say you didn't see that you saw x that is something you could do but i was going to do it on a kind of more um because obviously the film had that one scene to to show that i would do it more with i would describe it to everyone but so they find some information in room one and it points at x and then when they go into room three it point uh they find four bits that point to x being true but one that pretty much categorically proves it's untrue so i wouldn't try and split the perception of the party i try to make everyone be wondering which are the real clues what are the false clues and the key and do you want to know what the secret source would be go on yeah yeah definitely i wouldn't even decide myself which ones were right and which ones were wrong right can you elaborate on that then what do you hope to gain from that uh the because it's all about generating the the confusion. And if I know, no matter how hard I try, I will... And you've probably... You, you do kind of pick this up, is that when you know someone's GM style or uh, you just are someone who can read people well, if you ask me directly... So this one is the fake clue, right? There will be some way to... Uh, kind of read me you've got the you've got the problem of perhaps breaking your poker face if you if you don't know what's true either there's no way to break your poker face because you're neither telling the truth or lying you don't know either so your intention isn't to sow confusion but plausible deniability yes okay okay that makes more sense now otherwise it just seems as though you're you, you'd be creating the adventure on a wing and a prayer sans end point because if you don't know what the truth is yourself, what's to say that it can be defeated? You know, where is your end goal at that point? You know, well, maybe it can't be defeated. That's an, that's another thing. Is I wouldn't want this to. Again, this is a, a fifth finder uh, assumption: is that everything can be defeated. The correct answer may have been to find, like in the film, maybe they should have just found the coast and left, and left it well alone, taken what they they could and and wandered off so to conclude then uh i would be heavily pushing for a character um introspection whereas you would do something more gm led but encourages that so you wouldn't be finding set pieces or certain things to actually include in it such as for example i don't know top of my head in die hard scenes that would involve climbing or crawling through vents you wouldn't take direct uh, comparisons you are more in a case of translating what you have seen and recreating it in and of its own so it's again it's it's uh, a different kind of beast but inspired by not its own new kind yeah, of beast yeah um but you're suggesting an, a balance on the gm player interaction where you are more of the driving force as opposed to people's motivation. Yes, but that's the main the main thing I would be taking from the film is the idea of losing your mind. I would I would I would want the players 
and their characters to feel like they're losing their mind. Because I think that was across all the characters, both well, anyone you see who's been in the shit in the shimmer on in the film, the the kind of core concept is they all go nuts. They all lose bits of themselves. And so I would be that is what I would actually be recreating. Not like you say, not sp- specific set pieces, but that feeling. Systemize. So you've already touched upon certain things. We've talked mainly how Fifth uh, Fifth Finder would work. You've also mentioned the esoteric creature generator. Yes. From James Raji the Third's loft. Yeah. Though it does, I believe, have. Uh, an edition that wasn't published by himself. I think it was by Goodman Games. But so if you want, if you want to check it out, but don't want to put money directly in his pocket, I guess you could look for that version. So what other um, systems? I mean, first of all, I suppose you'd need to look at where, what setting you would want this to be in. Would it be fantasy, sci-fi, or contemporary? Do you think there are things then that would lend well to it, such as uh, GURPS or, or Genesis, although these ones may not convey um, the mortality of the situation as well? They may lend themselves to, to an open-ended uh, exploration, because I'm well aware of, certainly of GURPS's um, huge dearth of maladies, afflictions, and melting health. Like, if you wanted to uh, explore the loss of a limb, GURPS has you covered. If you want to explore addiction, GURPS has you covered. So there would be that, and then obviously setting isn't an issue. But do you think there is a specific system that would be better for a setting then in that case? The systems that I thought of when I was looking at this were um, Call of Cthulhu and anything that fits under the osr banner osr standing for old school or old school revival i believe both are accepted terms but i'm sure i'm sure whichever one you use someone on the internet will angrily tell you you're wrong so i'd just use the acronym um (laughs) they all agree on the acronym at least because osr encourages a lot of gm discretion so I would feel quite confident with people buying into that kind of game that they'd be up for the the elements that would be hard to decipher. Um, Call of Cthulhu, um, mainly because of the source material and everything, it lends itself. You can guess, if you offer people a Call of Cthulhu game, they're the kind of people who say yes are people who are fully willing for their characters to lose their minds. It kind of you can use the system to get buy-in from the start because it's a system where people lose their minds. So everyone who says yes should, in theory, know the kind that this game is somewhere something where they might just lose their goddamn mind. Um, I think Fifth Finder is too safe. It would be hard to make people feel truly uncomfortable because um, the fr- there's the phrase that when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And I think Fifth Finder is when all you have is fireball, everything looks like something you can explode with a fireball. And I don't think that would give the feeling that this film had 
and the feeling is kind is the thing that I think I would be translating. So you would be looking for OSR or Call of Cthulhu, um, GM interaction, and again the exploration of uh, the mortality and psychological tone. Yeah, exactly. Whereas mine, I suppose I would agree with you. Yeah, I suppose mine that would lean towards again things that explore mental health, malady, um, and obviously allow for character interaction. I hadn't based my thoughts on having the GM assistant. So yeah, that was uh, that was certainly an inspired choice from yourself there, I would say, definitely. Summarize. Okay, so in summary, let's talk about whether we'd actually play this. And I think we've diverged a little bit, but I think we're going to be brought back together now. Obviously, I might be wrong, and I think, and you might throw me a curveball, but I ultimately do not think I would play this. I have this vague idea that if it was run by the right person and all the players were perfect, it could be this really enjoyable horror experience, but I'm not convinced that I will ever that I will ever be the GM who can run it, and I'll never be one of the players who can make it work as a player. So it's kind of, there's this theoretical thing of, do I think it's a good idea? There's something in the back of my mind saying yes, but ultimately, no. I would, I, I would not make any effort to play or GM this. Uh, would I GM it? No, no, I'm I'm not in the position to be able to uh, to do it any sort of justice. Um, and as as we've already discussed, to play it, it would be like um, like a therapy session, you know. And it, 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 the the fear would be, would I then be stealing all of the spotlight in order to air my dirty law in an inappropriate manner? Um, are, are there people better off who are far better at it than I am, then yeah. And I would certainly hope that we've maybe discussed something that would make them go away and give it a try. And I hope that someone can give us some feedback and say, actually, we gave it some thought, we gave it a try, and we much appreciated the effort that you've put in to explain it. It, it would be lovely to get some sort of feedback like that. Um, would I play it? Uh, not really. Uh, again, because it would be a one-on-one -on -one situation, just you and myself. I don't know anyone else that would want to try and play it for different reasons, obviously, for their own. Um, but yeah, I don't know anyone who would be able to play it with me anyway. But so. But yeah, um, I know Rod said that uh, if you do this, uh, well done. I would just like to say that I think this has a very real risk of someone doing this winding up on RPG horror stories on Reddit. If you run it and someone writes about you on there, I would just like to say we had nothing to do with it. <laughs> yes, disclaimers abound. Yes, it was we merely inspire. Our intention is to inspire uh, and provide ideas. But yeah, I think I think that's my my ultimate kind of takeaway from this is I think this could either be really good or it's a horror story waiting to happen of the, you know real life kind um and i wouldn't roll the dice on it so um we've spent quite a long time uh discussing it and we've ultimately come up with well it's it's doing us no good but uh as rod said i hope it's uh inspired someone else out there but 
uh, I guess that's time for me to say, uh, you know, thanks for discussing this with me, Rod. You're more than welcome. Thank you very much for having me again. And uh, thanks to anyone who's listening. And uh, we'll catch you again. So that was our episode on. Hope you got some good ideas out of it. So next time you need something that inspires you, you won't just theorise, but adventurise. And if you do, please let us know. Um, all the social links to socials found in the show notes. And we'll catch you next time.